Welcome to the Pinch Podcast with Don and Kim. Okay, so here we are after the election time. It's like crazy because everything feels like it's half and half, you know, like half of the people are excited about it and half of the people are mad or pissed off about it. So it's like, what do we do with this half and half? How are you feeling about it, Dawn? Well, I am. I feel a bit um, disturbed by it. How so? It's just this overwhelming thought that we... um, here it is 2020 and we are a nation divided and that we are separated so deeply that half and half that half of us feel like, oh my God, we're moving forward. A weight has been lifted. Um, it's time for us to move forward. I feel safe. I feel heard. And half of us are angry and don't feel like that represents who we are as a nation. It seems like in this space, we would have come to a point. There's always going to be differences of opinions and people feeling strongly about what they believe in. But it's more tribal than that. Yeah. And it's overwhelming, to, yeah. to say the least, um, for as much as I believe that um, those weren't the values we shared. When I say those weren't the values we shared, um separating families that's that's something to me that is um i don't believe in that yeah i don't believe that a muslim ban yeah a a ban on a group of people um all of those things there are people who feel like those were good things to do yeah and you know and i've always tried to pride myself on seeing the world from another person's uh, point of view from another perspective because that's always kind of kept me grounded that even when I get in my feelings because we all get in our feelings yes, that if I do. can look at the world through another person's lens and kind of get an idea of why they felt that way it would help me at least understand and be able to have a conversation about it but this has been kind of hard because some of the things that I'm trying to look at through another lens have been so fragmented from what my beliefs and ideology and just patterns of living are but at the same time I do have to understand that if our country has come this close to being almost split down the middle half and half is that maybe I need to step back and take a deeper look at what people are seeing so I don't know if that makes me a bad person to say that but I just feel like in order for me to get a whole view of how the world is right now I've got to be able to see it from both sides and that's not saying one side is is good or there's good people on both sides because ever since I've heard that phrase it's really messed me up in the head because Mm -hmm. there are not good people on both sides sometimes there are bad sides and bad sides and there are good sides so I'm trying to really think about how do I look at the world from an open-minded perspective but at the same time not compromising my beliefs my moral systems and the and things like that because that matters in the world character and morality matter they definitely matter and i think there is some historical context to this i think that um digging a little deeper with that i think also there i think that's a result of things that are unsaid yeah things that are unreconciled with people that go on for long periods of time i think that when we get together and we have these discussions we find that we are more alike than different but we still are living in silos we still have people that live and work and live a lifetime and they're not in 
places that are diverse. Yeah. And I think that's something we've got to address and talk about. Yes. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm thinking, so does that mean some of it comes from fear? Fear of the unknown. I want to think that. I don't want to pe- think that people wake up and just inherently want to hate somebody or not like somebody. I think that when you don't know or understand something, there is a level of fear that yeah. you might have. Um, and I think, you know, the idea of having conversations, I'm going to be honest with you. I get so tired of that phrase. Let's talk about it. Let's have conversations. Because I think it's so overused I think is rhetoric because we say it but we don't do it Mm -hmm. I mean it sounds good in theory like let's discuss this let's have a conversation let's have richer dialogue but nobody's talking everybody's inside their feelings and they're not really talking about it so when we sit down to have these conversations we only put out the stuff that we feel is okay to talk about but because the stuff that really is causing the problem the deep-rooted stuff we never talk about that stays inside so when we say let's have these conversations we really aren't getting to the gut of what we need to fix because it's not happening well we're not getting to the root cause and you said it root causes matter i think that that whole period of political correctness took us in the wrong direction because to get to a place where you can have a real conversation it has to be uncomfortable yeah there are going to be some disagreements nothing good is born out of everybody just being like okay 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 yeah, okay yeah. that leads you doing the same thing you always did mm-hmm. there there has to be a bit of um conflict not conflict in the sense of we're throwing things and fighting but i mean if i say i think i think all curtains should be red and you, you might say why would they all be red i mean there's yeah. a million different colors yeah. that are beautiful i know that sounds simple but what i'm saying is if we always just go along to get along, what are we going to get? Right. With? Go along to get along. Um, I think, too, that we have to, it's almost like a, a self-reflection of what we are comfortable and uncomfortable talking about. Like, for example, I'm going to use this because we're talking pinch, so I'm going to pinch. I have contention when I see a Confederate flag. That bothers me. But at the same time, I have to understand that for somebody, that's their heritage. That's their, that's who they are. So am I to say that I'm a better person than them because I don't believe in it and they believe in it? That's where the conversation part has to start. So I need to get that person to understand that I'm upset about that flag because for me, it is a, um, a acknowledgement, a recognition, a support of slavery, which is my heritage. You know, my ancestors were slaves. They built this country on free labor. So when I see that is a reminder. So in order to get to where we need to be, I've got to be able to sit down with somebody who has great pride in that flag and say, This is why I feel this way. But at the same time, I've got to be open-minded to understand that that's why they feel that way. And then maybe somewhere in the middle of that conversation, instead of creating more anger, angst, and, and frustration, we find a common space that says, you know, I know that wasn't right what happened with black people who were brought to this country over 400 years ago. I understand that. I acknowledge that. 
However, my ancestors died for the cause of this as well. Okay, so now I've got to be a little bit more empathetic, forgetting the flag part, but seeing that a life was lost. That's the part we've got to get to. Lives are hurt. We look at these things that I think are tangibles and we say, okay, that makes me mad because of this or this frustrates me because of that. But we're losing that human factor. And that's why we're where we are. We're all screwed up because we've forgotten that humanness is the real conversation here. Not these things that make us mad or frustrated, but that human factor, living, breathing human beings. And and that's the conversation to me we need to be having. Yes, these other things create angst. Yes, these conversations can make you feel uncomfortable. But if we start talking about human beings as real people, as living, breathing entities, we can start getting to something that looks like a solution. I think that's my opinion on it. But so when we get to the humanness of it all, then that is part of the problem. Because when you want someone to acknowledge the humanity of it, there was no humanity in slavery. No, no. There was no humanity no. in Jim Crow. No. There's no, no humanity in lynching. Yeah. yeah. There's no humanity in stripping babies from the yeah. arms of their mothers. Yeah. Yeah. There's and, no humanity in that. And, and so that is going to cause angst. Yeah. Yeah. But people have got to see that. And I think sometimes people don't see it that way. They don't look at it that way because they're looking at these things that represent what they believe to be truth as opposed those, to the feelings of human people. But they don't have those feelings. When privilege says that I never dealt with that. Yeah. I don't worry about my baby being snatched from my arms. Yeah. I don't know the effect of not knowing my ancestors because I was separated at birth yeah. from my family. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to be in foster care because I know who my grandparents, great-grandparents are. I know my heritage. I connect with that flag because yeah. I know my great-great-grandfather was a general in the Confederate Army. Yeah. I can walk that back and know my history. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To to understand that and not understand that there are people who don't have any clue about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is it's an ocean in between that. Yeah, yeah. So then that's why we've got to figure out. Besides just saying having the conversation, figure out strategies, ways, techniques, um, lessons. Um, you know, I just think talking about it is not enough. It's got to go deeper than just having a conversation. You know, we can start with that, but we can't stop with that because that conversation is not doing anything because we've been talking for all these years and look where we are. We're still half and half. So obviously what I felt or what I'm saying hasn't had an impact on you to think any differently or what the other person has thought and felt hasn't had an impact on me to think differently. So we're still at this impasse. And that impasse is really what's going to keep us from overcoming a lot of the obstacles that we see in life. And guess what happens then? Our children, the children after them, and the children after them keep carrying on this burden of angst and and frustration and lack of empathy and all of those things. Things that have gotten us right here where we are now. So how do we get there? And what so do we do? There. You know, we talk about live a live a uh, moment, a life in my shoes. And if you can live a life in, in my shoes, then you can maybe start understanding what I'm going through. But until you get to that, you're not going to be able to have a conversation that's going to be, it, it'll be a start, but that's all it's going to be. And until then, we're just going to be, 50-50 until we can figure out a way 
to put intentional action behind it. You know, what are some of those things? What are some of those things we could do? I don't know. Live the life of somebody else. Be uh, connected with somebody. I mean, this sounds a little bizarre, but when you think about it, the best way I could know your life is to be your life, to live your life, to spend some time with you. People connecting and spending time. I think it would be a great idea. I don't know if it ever happened in our lifetime, but what if people could move into somebody's house? I mean, we see some of this stuff on TV, how it happens, but in real time, Live in the household of somebody so you can understand what their lives are like. Because you, I can't tell you enough what my life is like because you don't live my life. Right. That's right. But if there was a way somehow we could almost not switch roles, because that sounds ridiculous, I think, to a degree, but a way to just live in my space for a minute, to be shadow me in my life for a minute. So... Maybe shadow solutions. I don't know. Something crazy that, you know, we figure out how to solve problems by shadowing the life of somebody and we see them. You know, the best example of that. Remember that movie, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Remember how you've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, my gosh. That's like the best movie in the universe. So Christmas time rolls around. Y'all watch It's a Wonderful Life Um, because it talks about this gentleman who you know, he sort of stepped out of his life and he saw what the world would be like without him or how the world was through the eyes of other people. So I think if we could see the world through somebody else's eyes, we may have a different perspective of what the world is really like. Um, can we make it happen? I don't know. It's probably not even possible, but I think that's a better start than just saying, let's have a conversation. Because if we talk about it and go back home, we're back to where we were. We didn't really change anything because we're creatures of habit. And I think that's going to slow us down just by being creatures of habit. I agree with that. She's processing. I can see that processing look on your face. You got that processing look. What, you, what, what have you processed from this? I process that, like that look inside, look into another's life, having that outside view of it. You know, that's that's how you get in deeper to get to real understanding. I don't know, in my head, I'm like, what would that look like? What would that look like? Yeah. And, you know, and this isn't about us finding solutions. This is about us making people think about it. Um, because the more we can get them thinking about it, guess what? The more we can get closer to finding ways. So just kind of think about it, you guys out there. You know, what could we do that's beyond conversation? What could we do beyond just having that dialogue? Because I, I get so frustrated. All we say is, let's talk about it. Let's have dialogue. Let's have conversation. And we have conversation and meetings and conversation and meetings. And here we are still at 50-50 because these numbers don't lie. You know, they are what they are. And we're fragmented. You know, half of the country believes this is right and the other half believes that's right. So how do we get to a solution, a compromise, a understanding, a space where we can move forward and really help elevate our young people. Because to me, that's what this thing is about. What are we doing about this next generation of young people and where they go and what they'll do in life? You know, otherwise we're just adding to the problems. I don't want to, I don't want my life to be I added to the problem. I want my life to be that I somehow helped give something to solve the problem. And I just don't know if conversation is it anymore. Uh, We've talked a lot about it and here we are still. So I think it has to be actions 
intentions, from ideas to actions. What are we doing in our community? What are we creating? What are we giving people the opportunity to learn and grow from? That's the question that we need to, to answer. So, any last ideas thoughts? Ideas to action. Ideas to action. Any last thoughts, Dawn? Let's work. <laughs> Let's get to it. Let's get to it. That sounds good to me. All right, you guys. Let's um, not talk about it. Let's be about it. Let's not talk about it. Let's be about it. I think that's a great, great, great uh, ending. Let's not talk about it. Let's, Let's be, be about it. it. All right. Hope you didn't get pinched too much on the Pinched Podcast. But that's our goal is to make you think, to make your brain go, hmm, what if, what about? Um, and so we'll see you next time with some ideas. Thank you, guys. been listening to the pinch podcast with don and kim subscribe on your favorite podcast platform